Um, I got a new mug. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. There, there was some. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then Mike was like, "Oh, how cute! You got a raccoon mug." So I don't know what it is. Um, no, because a raccoon would have dark circles around the eyes. Mike, but it's got these little dots. Are the dots representations of the dark circles? No, it's a fox. Okay. Well, good. Anyway. <laughs> I will I, him. It's a fox. I just want to be clear when I tell the story. I did wash the mug, but I guess I didn't get all the stickiness off. Uh-huh. And so I went to pick it up while, like, all of my electronics and everything was, like, loading and getting set up. And my finger got stuck to the sticky thing, and it, like, jerked a little bit. And, like, it literally almost spilled all over all of my electronics. And, like, I was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a, we don't need that today. No. No, man. Tomorrow, maybe. But not yeah. today. <laughs> oh, that's my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome everyone Hello. <laughs> to Historical Shade. Um, we just got back, well, I just got back from visiting Julie um, in Boston. Uh, so we thought we would kind of start off, we took a lot of tours and we thought we would kind of start off talking about like our experiences with these tour guides. Because um, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably take a historical tour or two. Or if you haven't thought about one, we'll give you the lowdown. Oh man, Yeah. So, um, so the first tour we took was with, I can't remember his last name, but he probably, we probably don't want to tell someone's, well, it's on his business card. I'm going to finish my coffee. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming and joining us today. Uh, it was the North End Crime Tour Mm -hmm. and the tour guide is also the person that runs the business. Um, so it it felt like this is a guy that is just really interested in this like specific topic in history and is passionate about it and decided to make a tour out of it and, and sort of share that. And it was so fun and interesting. And just anytime you take a tour or go to a museum or whatever, and the person talking to you about the topic is like visibly interested in it. It just, it makes it that much better. Like, I hate when people are just like, hi. Have you ever been on a tour where they would bring out cute, like, note cards? I've been on several of those, especially in Savannah. Where no, they're like, where they're like, I don't, uh, I, I just, uh, and then they read off of a note card. So it seems like someone's, like, senior project. Ooh. And, like, the thing about tour, like, I was a tour guide for a while. My mom was a tour guide my whole life. And Julie, were you ever a tour guide? I was. I yeah. uh, my oh. first year in Orlando, I was a tour guide at the Titanic Museum, mm-hmm. which is called the Titanic Experience. Experience, um, and we just like I just want to say that like there is such a difference between a good tour guide and a bad tour guide. Like to be a good tour guide, you have to be a storyteller, and we saw some great yeah. storytellers. Like, and so if you have a tour that you're like, I'm into it, I'm invested that's a good tour guide and if they allow tips like tip your tour guide because they are giving you like an hour to an hour and a half long show that's just them like they probably aren't getting water the whole time they're trying to keep you engaged like tip your tour guide they're probably either overdressed for the heat or underdressed (laughs) for the cold yeah um yeah and this is like 
there are probably too many people on the tour for them to like speak properly. So they're screaming or. I was just thinking about that. How like, how do you find that balance of like, because for me, it, it doesn't take it out if they're, if they're giving tour guides amplification and they have those yeah. little like speakers that like zoo people have and everything. Mm -hmm. We so had those I, at one of the places I worked. I won't say which one, but it, yeah. it really did help, especially if there's like 40 people and there's a giant room where then the people can actually walk around the room while you talk. And then you're this nice booming system, you know, it yeah, would be nice. Sorry, it would be nice if like we talked about the, what are they called, the bell ringers um, in Boston are trying to get uh, unionized so that they can have amplification. And, and there's like these, these beautiful um, cemeteries that people are like huddled into one corner because they're all listening to this one tour guide. And can you imagine how much more fun it would be if you could kind of wander the cemetery a little bit while still hearing them? Yeah, now I do wonder like, what are the rules about like, when we were in like North End, like in the residential areas, like I wonder, yeah. even then the, those speakers are so omnidirectional. Yeah. And they're that not that like, loud. They're like $15 on Amazon. Yeah. You know, like they're not Super Bowl quality, I guess. Super Bowl quality? <laughs> I love that's, that that's your comparison. <laughs> it's either $15 on Amazon or Super Bowl. I go, I go zero to 60, everyone. That's my... That's my range. Um, speaking of graveyards, we also took, what was it, like the Ghosts and Gravestones? Yeah, Ghosts and Gravestones by Old Town Trolley Company. Old Town Trolley Tours. Um, oh, we also paid for all of these folks. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Not They're not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but if they want to sponsor us, hit up your girls with some coffee. Um, but... We took that, and Old Town Trolley Tours are, are in a lot of historical places. Like there's one in Savannah, there's one in St. Augustine, there's one um, in Gettysburg, like these are the one Philadelphia. So like anytime there's a historical city, they're usually there. And they have like a ghost version called Ghost and Gravestones. And we had a tour guide, her name was Violet Fox, Violet Fox Ghost, follow her on Instagram, who was giving it for an hour, like... Well, not even an hour. Like, think about, like, the whole, like, because you they tell you to get there half an hour early. So you're oh, on yeah. the bus, and she, she literally spent a half an hour not talking, just, like, creating atmosphere in that bus. Yeah. Um, and she did such a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, it was great. It was phenomenal. And, and also you our bus driver, Cordelia. Um, <gasps> oh, yeah. Full on, like, she had a little... A stuffed owl and she was full on wearing uh Gryffindor robes I I feel like I don't want to be like crap okay you'll have to edit this out because I'm like I don't want this to them to get in trouble for copyright infringement oh no 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 they'll be fine they anyway. paid for the robes <laughs> yeah and they didn't call them out as yeah 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 it was just like hey you can wear something spooky or witchy Anyway, she was a delight, and yeah. there were other surprise appearances throughout the tour that were yeah. also really just delightful and, and fun. Yeah. 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 
Um, so who should tell their shade today? I know you have some long ones waiting in the bank. Do you want me to tell a short one? I, I think so, only because we just talked about the trip. Yeah. And I, I think we've already talked about when my long one's going to premiere. Cool. Debut. Cool, cool. Debut. Cool. Um, sorry, we're going to create some, like, disillusion, some magic by saying we rec- pre-record these and sometimes they take about a month or two to come out. So... Um, and we just hang out with each other for hours on the days that we record them. <laughs> All right. So speaking of disillusion, disillusion magic, um, I was going to do something else, but then you know what? I, I had to do what everyone else was doing and get Disney Plus this weekend. I just had to because I, I came to your house. We watched Disney Plus. We watched So Weird, uh, which was like one of my favorite shows. So I got Disney Plus and then I was like, I wanna do some weird Disney shade because Disney Plus is like happening. So today I'm going to tell you the tale of and the shade behind Nara Disneyland. Do you know anything about it? No, I don't even know what that means. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so here we go. So um, Nara Disneyland, uh, in the in the late 1950s, there was this man named, I'm not a pronunciation expert, uh, Kanizo Matsuo. Uh, he was a Japanese businessman, and he was the president of the Matsuo Entertainment Company. So he, so his company was to build like family friendly entertainment in Japan. So he visited the United States in the late 1950s. And as a part of his trip, he visited the brand new Disneyland in Anaheim. And he was very impressed by it. He thought it was amazing, obviously, because it's Disneyland. Um, So he ended up meeting with Walt Disney. And Disneyland at the very beginning, um, whenever it started, Walt Disney didn't think it was going to make any money. Like, he thought that his movies were going to make money and Disneyland was his, like, side project. So Disney, Walt Disney met with uh, Matsuo to create um, a Disneyland for Japan, specifically Japan's old capital, Nara. So Matsuo talked to engineers, he talked to the Imagineers, he talked to Walt Disney, and he wanted something very similar to Disneyland, but he wanted a element of it that celebrated Nara's history. So at this point in Japanese history, they're um, finally getting back on their feet from World War II, and they wanted a part of the land to be dedicated to Japanese culture and Japanese history. So they created together um, a thing called Nara Disneyland. So in July 1961 is when they're set to open. So Disney, Walt Disney and um, Matsuo are talking, talking, talking. They're creating these different things, the Imagineers, the engineers, but in their talks and in their negotiations, we don't know exactly what happened, but I have a feeling Disneyland just started to make money. Walt Disney um, got into an argument with Matsuo about copyrights and Um. how much, yeah. And like how much it would be to cop, to have, intellectual property or copyright property um speaking of copyrights in our (laughs) in our other part uh copyrighted property um in the park so nara disneyland 
does not open uh, because Walt Disney pulls his trademark. So it's now called Nara Dreamland. And they still open the park in 1961. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about the park, uh, Nara Dreamland, and see if it sounds a little familiar. So the entrance to the park looks identical to Disneyland Anaheim. And actually, Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, it's very similar. But it has the train station. You go under the two tunnels, and you reveal a tiny pink castle. For those listening who've only been to Disney World, Disneyland's castle is teeny tiny. And so is Nara Dreamland's. And yet uh, you can go in the castle at Disneyland, but you can't at Disney World. Boom. Well, you can go into, for the cast, I mean, if you have reservations at Cinderella's Table, if you make them seven months in advance and you're getting proposed to. Like, I'm sorry. If your fiance is like, let's get reservations at Cinderella's Royal Table at right at the fireworks time, you're getting proposed to. If you act surprised, you're either acting or you're just dumb. Okay, as someone that was proposed to at one of the Disney resorts at was Fort Wilderness, well, I had no idea. Well, it's Fort Wilderness. That's a little different. If Mike was like... Did Mike drop the ball? But it was it was like a, a nice restaurant. But it was like, he, he played it off really well. He was well, like... Yeah. Oh, we get our cast member discounts for the holidays. I honestly didn't suspect anything. Now, to be fair, I also believed in Santa Claus until I was in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> but I honestly didn't exp- or, like think of anything until we were like driving there and he complimented my nails. He's like, oh, you got your nails done. And I was like, oh my gosh, they always say get your nails done before you get proposed to. But I just got them done because I bite my nails. Am I getting proposed to? And then I like spiraled for like 25 minutes in the car about how materialistic I was to like think that I was getting proposed to because he just gave me a compliment. So by the time we got to the restaurant for dinner, I was in like a foul mood. (laughs) Just silent, just thinking to yourself like, (laughs) you're like, I'll just eat this food and let's go. No, that's Fort Wilderness is not, it's not Cinderella's table. It's like there's two... There's like two or three, Dapper, you're not allowed to lick the microphone. Um, there's like two or three areas that you're like, you know, you know if you're getting proposed to. Hold on. I stopped it. I'll put them together. It's fine. All right. So, um, so you walk in and you see the castle and then it is in the famous, famous, famous spoken wheel configuration as we all know from Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, which spoken wheel is like, it's a wheel in the middle, and then there are all these little offsets uh, for all the different lands. Because if you've ever been to a theme park where they don't have spoken wheel, it's very hard to get around. I would like to mention SeaWorld. I worked for (laughs) SeaWorld for a long time. I still don't know my way around half of it. Because it just, you're like, wait, where am I? What's happening? Where are we going? Where I'm totally, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. When I worked at, because I worked at Bush Gardens in Virginia, and there's no way that's a spoken wheel. Because there's just like a river running through it. Yeah. And there was like one way, like there was like, you could go the long way to get the things. Mm-hmm. Or there's this like deep, deep stairway mm-hmm. in like the middle that allows you to cut. But it was like, I, it, like I think we called it like a heart attack hill or something. 
Yeah, so like the spoken wheel, Disney was the first person to do it, genius. So Nara Dreamland has that as well. Uh, so the park has its own mascots because they can't have Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. So they had Ran Chan and Dory Chan. And these were two children dressed as uh, British guards. So that, so that was their like, and that makes sense because there's a castle and there are these cute little children by the castle, that sort of thing. Um, and just checking, you mean like, like ca character? Yeah, like, face like not characters. like actual children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mascot, sorry. Fur characters, not face. I, I haven't worked there in so long that now I forget the terms. Fur, animated, animated character, not face character. Sorry, I'm, I'm just disappointed in myself that I've got the term for it. Um, so a few things that it had that were very similar to Disney were, is that they had a ride called the Miracle House, which was you walked in and you entered a pirate ship and you flew over scenes from around the world. So it's very clear that this was supposed to be the Peter Pan ride before the trademarks got pulled. Um, <laughs> They also had a, what they call bobsled, and it was basically the Matterhorn. And then they had a jungle cruise where you would still board the jungle cruise. You would, um, the tour guide would make all these puns. They would shoot an alligator and you would see the backside of water. Uh, they had the sky lift, which was still, that took you from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland, which is the way Disneyland was before. And now Walt Disney World has its own sky lift. Um, some things that made it different uh, was they had a place called, they had a ride called Turtle Boat, which was a lot like um, what was called the Phantom Boat when Disneyland first opened. But what happened was this Turtle Boat took you to um, inside the castle and took you to see um, Princess Atanome, which was a Japanese folklore princess and some mermaids. So it was this water ride that took you there. So that one was based in Japanese folklore. Uh, there was also a thing called the Haunted Maze that opened eight years before the Haunted Mansion. And this Haunted Maze, uh, the, in the guidebook, it says the translation was Satan and many goblins await you. So that's terrifying as all fuck. But wait, you <laughs> said eight years before the Haunted Mansion? So this like yeah. preceded it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, but, but there, there's controversy that the Haunted Mansion was already in the works because it does take years yeah. um, for those rides to pop up. Uh, unless you're other theme parks and it takes six months. Um, not Disney. That was my shade. You know who you are. Um, so if you want me to go on a rant about rides that should not exist. Um, but not Disney. I love all of Disney. Um, and then in the haunted maze, it had, you got like a little passport and then there were three checkpoints that ha you had to like visit before you could like exit. So they were like, no, you're going to keep going. Um, and then the very front of this haunted maze was shaped like this giant witch coming down on you and all these demons coming down on you in the middle of fantasy land. So if you could imagine, like, we're going to think of Walt Disney World, like we're like Pinocchio's food like restaurant is it's just it would be this like giant terrifying witch and how scared kids would be to turn that damn corner um and then what i think is really cool they had uh a, instead of frontier land and tom sawyer island they had a thing called ancestor land and so you would take a boat over there and they would have 
like old samurai residencies. They would have old tea houses and then they would even have brothels um, like set up to like visit like fake ones. Not Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, where they would have, so I feel like, to be fair, in this translation where I'm like, oh, brothels. If, if someone from another country came over to Frontierland and was like, saloon, and then they looked up what a saloon really was, like, not like, <laughs> like it would be a very similar translation. Um, so, but I think that's cool that, like, we have our Frontierland, which is kind of our, like, our land of the past, and they had samurai, this, like, samurai residency, that sort of thing ancestor land unfortunately unlike a lot of history ancestor land was not the most popular so it became a water park later on um a few things that it had um also that were different than walt disney world or disneyland sorry is it had a um it was called asuka which was a wooden roller coaster based on the cyclone at coney island so that came in and i love wooden roller coasters um there was also a thing called Screw Coaster, which was a double corkscrew steel roller coaster, which obviously you don't see like anywhere in Disney property, um, except for Disney California Adventure has one loop, but it's not a corkscrew. And then they had go-karts, which is fun. So that's kind of what it looked like in its heyday. This sounds huge. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was the size of Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of Nara. Well, Nara Dreamland um, did well for a little while until in 1983, Tokyo Disneyland opens. And Nara Dreamland slowly decreases in numbers. In 2001, Tokyo Disney Sea opens next to Tokyo Disneyland. And also in 2001, 40 kilometers away from Nara Dreamland, Universal Studios Japan opens. Um, I'm going to be real honest here. I never learned the transfer of miles to kilometers. So, <laughs> kilometers are like three to one. So it's oh, okay. like within like an hour's distance. Yeah, that's real close. She real close. She real close. Um, it's like Bush Gardens to Disney. Okay. Or Legoland to Disney. Okay. <laughs> that's my translation. Um, so it's like all like Orlando, and you're like, that's not technically Orlando, but all right. <laughs> um. So those open in 2001. And so instantly, because those have trademark properties, those are the real deal. Boom. Their attendance decreases horribly. But that's 2001. The park does not close down until 2006. So it has five years where there's like nothing happening. So if you are, um, I'm sure there's a word for someone who loves to look at a abandoned places and if there is let us know listeners because i'm one of those people oh my gosh i am too like my okay. things i'm so weird because if we're driving in the car and i see like i don't know why but for me it's like especially like abandoned apartment complexes oh. if there's like a name on it i will immediately look it up because i want to know what happened yes yeah there because so be many times 
so many times it all, it like comes down to, um, a developer came in and bought this property with the intention of doing something else with it, made everyone move out. And then for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And so now it's just abandoned. Yeah. There has to be a name for it. Cause there's too many of us. There's too many of, I don't know if it's like abandoned files or something like that, but if for all of those like Julie and I who love abandoned places, YouTube Nara Dreamland, while it's still like open, but nobody's going, there are videos of people taking the jungle cruise where it's just them on one boat, but it's like the same jungle cruise. So it has this like, cause it's still open, this weird feeling of like, they're taking the, like the Matterhorn bobsled and it's just them. It's very weird, um, but very cool. So it closes its doors in 2006 after 45 years of operation. And then people who love abandoned places, it was left abandoned for 10 years prior to its demolition in 2016. So there is 10 years of just abandoned pictures that are awesome. <laughs> That's just so, that, oh, so crazy. Just this idea yeah. of like, they walk away. Yeah. Bye. It doesn't, it, we are not making any money anymore. Um, so yeah, that's the story of Nara Disneyland or Nara Dreamland. I also, what's funny about this is that I'm obsessed with, uh, Banksy did this like huge art installation mm -hmm. about like theme parks. And a lot of it, I was like, oh, that's like a sea world and that's this and that's that. And looking at the abandoned pictures of Nara Dreamland, I was like, oh no, this was a lot of its inspiration. Like how, just how things are situated and stuff. It's very interesting. I, yeah. Um, so did, was there ever like any acknowledgement from Disney about this park? Not after they cut ties. I think mm -hmm. it was just like, you're not going to pay for my trademarks. I'm out. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because like I, when you started talking about these like attractions, like I, I looked up like the Haunted Mansion because I wanted to see it and stuff. And like everything that sort of popped up, like the, the you know, buzz description or whatever is all like this park ripped off Disneyland or like they stole Disney's ideas like there, there's not that an acknowledgement of, well, there's a story behind that. Yeah. Where, where Disney was all in with Matsuo until that trademark agreement. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. And I wish like I could be a fly on the wall and be like, I know what happened and contractually why it fell through, but those are so we're in business a lot where it's like, those things are just so minute like the smallest like dollar amount can make people go you know what i'm out because i know that you're going to take advantage of me um yeah which to be fair like if disney had just let them use all of his i like his intellectual property without like i understand disney's position on this yeah well and, and when i said um we, we i already had the episode on oswald where i'm sure he was a little bit like no if this is making money i'm yeah yeah. Now I'm on this like mentally like, oh my God, I want to look up more abandoned things. Oh, like, it's so abandoned malls. Oh, 
girl, 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 fly back to Pittsburgh. We've got some good <laughs> ones. We've got some good ones right now. Like some of the, yeah, we got some good abandoned malls right now. Um, I mean, my whole, there was an abandoned, welcome listeners to Laura's messed up life, but there was an abandoned insane asylum that was 37 buildings big Ooh. when I was in high school. And like, you would know it, that that was like our after school activity when there wasn't musical rehearsal was to go in and play and like, just like walk the building, buildings. We, we were in the morgue, we were in the laundry rooms, we were in the ballrooms, like, and when I did my tour of West Virginia, when I was doing a theater tour there, there are all, oh girl, you need to fly back to Pittsburgh. But uh, West Virginia, there are all these like, and they have tons of them in Pittsburgh, there, but there are abandoned tiny little amusement parks at the end of like railroad, like when everyone used to take public transportation, at the end of the stops, they would create these little amusement parks for kids. At, at the, so now, because people don't use as much public transportation, they closed all those down. So now they're just like abandoned tiny amusement parks all throughout Pittsburgh and all throughout West Virginia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> okay our our next of our next podcast premiering in january julie and laura discuss abandoned structures um, <laughs> i'm okay with it i'm okay with it we write poetry about each abandoned structure we do it would be great um i don't know why i just feel like poetry with like spooky sounds about abandoned structures would be great um since my dog is now trying to chew my fingers um what's your future like julie <laughs> Um, my future light is literally a light. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it like, I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> it gets dark here right now at like 4 15. Mm-hmm. And when I say dark, I mean, just like pitch, pitch black dark. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> the animals start going crazy because they think it's time for dinner and just um I get tired like I'm like oh it's time for bed and like this past week I've I've had some things at night um (laughs) like for like the third night in a row someone was like hey are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm just tired it just gets so dark (laughs) and uh I had a show the other night and our show wasn't until like nine um (gasps) and one of the girls in my troop Meredith was like oh you should get one of the seasonal lamps and I was like what Mm-hmm. And, and she was telling me that there's, there's lamps that have, um, like basically it covers like the spectrum of sunlight. And so it like mimics that sunlight coming at you. And so oh, I, cool. yeah, so I went online and I was looking at like, you can buy a lamp, but then you can also buy a light bulb. And, um, I have like a lamp that I purchased. That's just like, uh, what is it? Like the hurricane glass, like over. Mm-hmm. like it's almost like a candle holder but it's for a lamp mm-hmm. so I, I purchased that bulb and I'm so excited about my happy bulb <gasps> yay is it already in there no that's just a light bulb behind me okay um it gets but it here will be Tuesday nice yeah so we'll see what difference it makes I um I don't know why I'm really trying to have decor lighting mood lighting just mm-hmm. not the overhead light yeah, I need to, I need to do more of that. That needs to be in my list of things. I have a lot of overhead lighting right now. Um, my future light is not similar, but kind of. Um, 
So I have an office that I work at and I just am getting to the point where I hate working at it. Um, and it's because I never invested in the decor. It's been kind of my haphazard, like, I guess, whatever place. And I am starting to invest in it. So I bought a desk, like a real desk. I've been using like a fold table from Walmart because I'm like, ah, whatever. And I'm like, you should have a desk, like be a professional, Laura. Um, and some, yeah, just some like cute little decor. So I might get a happy bulb friend there now that you've said that. Do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. underscore shade or Facebook at historical shade. We don't have a Twitter. Thanks, Julie. <laughs>